0: Lay of the land, this is Trent Nelson, and it's fantastic to come in to work and to have wonderful friends waiting for you. They don't work here with me, but hopefully they'll be here enough that it'll feel like that. We have Nick Dodson of the Sierra Club of Heartland House. He is a gentleman that has his hands everywhere. It's unbelievable. Good
1: morning. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: The pleasure is all ours. And we have Don Hanrahan of the sierra club as well and he knows a little bit about the legal system and he knows a little bit about the environment and together we're going to learn a lot from him as well as from nick we're going to talk about hunter lake don't know if you've heard about it maybe in the last three decades i'm not sure i've been corrected by the guest already five (laughs) decades 2600 acres And Don, would you tell us a bit about it, sir?
2: Sure, Uh, the project was first proposed actually in the mid 1950s after a a severe drought, but they fixed it. They put in a pumping station and Lake Springfield's never gone down that low again, but they kept pushing for this lake. They started buying land in the 60s, 70s. They put a kibosh on it because they had no intention of building the lake. So a judge stopped them from buying more land. In the late 80s, it was revived by the original Mayor Langfelder, and then it's gone through three uh, phases of trying to get a permit ever since then. They've failed three times, and we hope they fail a fourth time. Hunter Lake is, was originally proposed as a 3,000 plus acre lake, but we kept telling the city, this is excessive, it's not needed, and it's flawed. So what happened when they renewed the permit in 2016 is that their contractor that had to do the supplemental environmental impact study came back to the city council and the first thing they said was the old design is excessive and it's fundamentally flawed. Well, they paid a million bucks to that contractor and they didn't listen to us. We gave them that advice for free. So here we are now looking at a 2,600-acre lake. So you
0: had mentioned that its origins lie within a drought in the 1950s and that over the decades since, the idea has continued living on. What would you say, before we get to some of the particular flaws, which I'm sure our listeners would love to hear, what would you say is the compulsion behind the continued push for something that now a million dollars And free advice have said is not reasonable. I,
2: I, I don't know exactly financially who benefits from this, but the bureaucratic imperative is a big thing. So they bought the land starting in the 60s. They had all that land. A drought came in the 80s. In the 60s and 70s, you could just start pouring concrete and build yourself a dam. When they realized in the late 80s that they wanted to do it again, they found out, oh, you've gotta get a permit because of the Clean Water Act and the Army Corps of Engineers. So they again tried, they failed, they spent more money and more money and more money. And the more money you spend as a public entity, the bureaucratic imperative is you just have to keep spending more money. And so they, they can't stop. They think that it, they're gonna look bad or something. I don't know.
1: It's a snowball effect, so to speak. Yeah. So they've already spent $20 million on real estate acquisition alone so I in my opinion they're leaning in and doubling down on a bad idea and saying well we haven't made a mistake here we just have to keep leading into that bad mistake and we truly consider this a part of Langfelder's legacy and we think that it's something that has to be talked about discussed and brought to the public forum and not enough people understand a lot of the cultural history locally about this as well and for lack of better words Don is the local historian slash understanding body of this terrible idea so I think it's it's awesome that Don's willing to you know talk to other people and help host events uh, as just we held last week at at the Illinois Environmental Council where we had around 35 individuals come and learn how to effectively oppose this through written comments to the Army Corps of Engineers.
0: Absolutely and there is that discussion coming up uh, that they are hosting.
2: Yeah this is it's being hosted tomorrow night at Lincoln Library between five and seven hosted by the Army Corps of Engineers, and I want to say something about that. I'm really disappointed that the Army Corps has not advertised this, that the city of Springfield has not advertised it, other than one little announcement on August 31st. CWLP has said nothing. They have pushed nothing on Facebook about it, and I think it's because they don't want to hear from the public. They don't want you questioning this thing. So... The more people we get to show up at this so-called public meeting tomorrow night and ask hard questions, the more difficult their job becomes in justifying this thing.
0: Well, we, not to toot our own horn, but we over at WMAY have put out much information on this because, as you noted, it is very important. The people have to voice their concerns, their thoughts. They have to question. They have to learn. Lay of the land, Trent Nelson here with Nick Dotson, Don Hanrahan. We're talking Hunter Lake, and we're talking history, and we're talking the present. So, Nick, before I go back to Don, let's talk about the present a bit. What,
1: what is, for lack of a better term, what's the lay of the land right now? You know, that's a, it's hard to say. Politically, uh, we're not sure exactly where the city council goes with it, but if this research study passes, it moves on to the city council for a vote, um, we don't know where all of the council members sit, but we are here to discuss our views that destroying six hundred thousand plus trees and effectively ten percent of the remaining forests in all of Sangamon County is a pretty bad idea. It'd be one thing if Lake Springfield was low, if we didn't have much water, it'd be that would be a total different conversation. But we believe that it is extremely disingenuous that in this study, they are saying water recreation is something, we need when there is no equitable access to the entire perimeter of Lake Springfield. As in, if you're not making six figures, you're not messing with Lake Springfield. There's not a public beach. There's not a public dock. You can't go fish there. There's truly no access unless you've got deep, deep pockets. And I think that's ludicrous. And Don,
0: what are some of the, and this seems perhaps a bit strange to have to ask, but what are some of the drawbacks to destroying all of that forest, changing all of the ecosystem in our community? What are some of the drawbacks to effectively terraforming parts of Sangamon County?
2: You know, especially when there's no need for it, they're alleging two needs. Water supply, which is we don't need it, and recreation for certain water-based recreational activities that we don't need. There's no documented study that that they can show that shows a need so to do that for something not needed it's practically criminal and the effects of it are that what little remaining natural tributaries of the sangamon river are left undammed will be destroyed bottomlands uplands trees that you can't even get your arms around that they call secondary growth. It's all junk, you know. They, it, To me, it's criminal. It's 7,000 acres of land. 3,000 of it is rich agricultural land that will be gone forever, flooded, ruined. There's historic sites out there, uh, Native American stuff. There's the Pensacola Village and the Pensacola Tavern, all of that will be destroyed. Cemeteries have to be relocated, old pioneer cemeteries. It's terrible. And to do it for something that has no demonstrated need is the ultimate in stupidity.
0: That does sound incredibly harsh for the community and for the environment and for our well-being in the future.
2: Thank you, Don Hanrahan. Is there
0: recourse that compromises in some manner in which all of these wonders are not destroyed and by which there can be some reasonable expansion, if that is possible. If not, then, of course, I understand. But I would love for you to perhaps tell the listeners who are not as well versed in ecological matters why it has to be all or nothing.
2: Well, you mean in terms of building a dam. Uh, it's, it's 27 feet high. It backs up water into two stream systems, Horse Creek and Brush Creek, and it inundates them, floods them, just, I mean, to the tops of trees and beyond. They're, they're going to mow down a bunch of the trees before they build the dam. So they back up water in Horse and Brush Creek. It totally destroys the streams that are there, similar to the, the creeks that formed Lake Springfield. They're buried underwater. All of that gets completely obliterated forever. If you need a little bit of water, there's all kinds of ways to get it in Sangamon County. And I'm fond of saying that if you climb to the highest theoretical point in Sangamon County and look down on the Sangamon Valley and you couldn't find some way to get a little bit more water, You're a fool. There's water everywhere. We can get it. There's gravel lakes. There's the river. There's other facilities to get water. There's aquifers. So we can preserve this land. We can preserve some of it. We can preserve all of it. And that's a wise decision because I can't tell you 150 years from now that we won't need it for another lake. So preserve it the way it is. Keep it. Let us access it. For 55 years, the public has been kept out of that land, 7,000 acres, kept out. CWLP, no trespassing. Those are the signs. And we're kept out of there because they don't want you to see what's going to be destroyed.
0: That is heavy, Don Hanrahan. So what you're saying is that far from needing to dam up two beautiful waterways, destroying land, that has value to it without the modulation, that there are other ways to compromise with the bureaucrats who say we need more water, perhaps some of the climate individuals who say we need more water, and not lose this historic area. Is
2: that correct? Correct. And, you know, they talk about needing, needing more water. Let me tell you something. In the 1990s, they claimed, oh, in the 100-year drought, we're going to be 12 million gallons of water a day short. And they repeated that in 2000. They repeated 12 million gallons of water a day. They repeated it in 2008. They repeated it when they renewed this application in 2016. We need 12 million gallons of water in a drought. So they closed the three old coal plants in 2021, and they admit in this study that they're talking about that 9.9 million gallons of water a day in a drought is now sitting in Lake Springfield that wasn't there when they told the Army Corps of Engineers four times we need 12 million gallons of water in a drought so what did they do they made up 12 million more they just keep doing it and then they added recreation because they figured well you know we probably can't prove a need for water, so we'll add recreation as a need. And that was done in 2021. But there are alternatives. There's a whole series of alternatives that that they won't consider. For example, building a temporary floating dam on the Sangamon River once every 100 years. I mean, they're addressing a need that occurs for six months duration every 100 years. And they're going to destroy all this beautiful land. They're going to destroy it permanently forever because of a problem that occurs for six months every hundred years. That's dumb. Build a temporary floating dam on the Sangamon River, back up water, and pump it right into Lake Springfield. They had a permit to do that for 25 years. And every time they renewed the permit, they told the regulators this is enough water to deal with any drought. They told them that, but they abandoned their permit and started pushing for Hunter Lake. So
0: in the gentle balance between obviously accommodating the the climate change that we continue to experience, as well as preserving that natural land that we don't want to be destroyed either by ourselves or by the environment,
1: there are alternatives. That's
2: just one, and it's cheap. There's 700 acres of gravel lakes out there that can produce 9.1 million gallons of water a day in a drought. And the city says, oh, you can't use that because Chatham's wells will be affected. All they got to do is turn a valve, give Chatham its 1.5 million gallons of water a day and take all the rest during a drought. Those gravel lakes are clear, clean, way cleaner than Lake Springfield. They own one of them. And they keep people from going there, too, for recreation. They licensed it to one private club and keep everybody else out. We can't use it, even though it belongs to us. There's wells that can be built in the Sangamon Valley right along the Sangamon River. There's Lake Sancras, which is hardly being used as a power plant cooling anymore. There's conservation. We've never done real conservation in Springfield, real water conservation. There's dredging Lake Springfield, which would restore almost 5 million gallons of water a day in a drought. And City Water Light and Power won't look at bundling these things, bundle up conservation and dredging. How much water is that? Probably more than what we need in a drought, according to them. So there's all kinds of things, and there's alternatives to building a lake for recreation, like open the beaches that you closed on Lake Springfield, like Nick was talking about earlier. Maybe use that gravel lake for e-foils and paddle boards. You know, they don't want them on Lake Springfield. Well, here's 100 acres. Go do it out there. End the leased land all around Lake Springfield. As the leases come due, refuse to renew them and open it up to the public. The way it should have been in the first place. So there's all kinds of alternatives um, that the city dismisses, just dismisses to build Hunter Lake.
0: Well we won't dismiss it here on on Lay of the Land. We've got a lot to talk about and our special guests Nick Dodson and Don Hanrahan, they've got a lot to say. Nick, you've got a lot to say too. Talk to us about what folks can do other than going to the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Museum to, to go voice your thoughts, concerns, ask your questions, uh, maybe repeat some of that, what you just heard Don say. What else can people do, Nick? What How can they participate with the environmental groups around the community, the Sierra Club, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Yeah, so we actually have partnered with several local groups, the Resister Sisters, Sustainable Springfield, the Prairie River Network in advocating against this we completely oppose this and there's a lot of great information there's great articles Don just submitted a great letter to the editor in the Illinois Times it kind of articulates a lot of what we're saying in a very well-written articulate way that is easy to digest Um, I've got a video on YouTube that unpacks it lightly if you just type in hunter lake is a bad idea it's about a two-minute long explanation because I know there's a lot of history in this boondoggle we'll call it and to unpack you know 55 60 years of bad choices is a lot Uh, But the name of the game is it's a waste of money. It's an environmental disaster. You know, when when you're going to flood an area that's going to destroy over 600,000 trees and literally 10% of the remaining forests of Sangamon County, we as the Sierra Club, as a conservation effort, believe that's just absolutely criminal. In this day and age, a lot of people say, well, you can just plant more trees. You can plant more bushes. No. When that land is gone, it's gone forever. Once it's flooded, there's no displacing it. We're not going to expand the forest elsewhere. That's completely disingenuous. And I've heard that conversation come up often. Um, I I just want to also piggyback off of Don mentioning about dredging. Lake Springfield has never been dredged. Okay, right? 10% of it in 1988 has been. And to to tie that intersectionality to another thing, the last three or four summers, people have complained about the taste of Springfield's water, the smell of Springfield's water. Well, oddly enough, when you don't dredge and maintain your lake because of agrochemicals, phosphorus cyanotoxins that become of it the algae blooms etc it's all tied together if we don't dredge and take care of what we have now how are we expected to double our capacity of our lakes with poor management as we have now of the land of the body of water that we currently have and we want to double that i think it's an absolute joke but back to your question people can absolutely uh just look up the sangamon valley sierra club to get a lot of great Uh, information about this but specifically we have started a digital petition to where you go in if you just go to our Facebook page or if you just type in Sangamon Valley Sierra Club Hunter Lake it'll come right up it's a petition that automatically is helping facilitate your comment to the Army Corps of Engineers also to our local alders to our state reps to our local reps and just anybody that is an elected official that could have stake in it so we are currently helping folks facilitate their comments so you know if If you're not sure why this is something that you would not want in your community and you want to understand it better, please feel free to reach out to the Sangamon Valley Sierra Club's Facebook page. You can email us. We would love to sit down and talk to you about it and maybe just send you a ton of information to kind of review and see, help you form your own opinion. Maybe it bothers you because it is... A waste of tax money. Maybe it upsets you because it's a conservation nightmare. Maybe it upsets you because there isn't actual equitable access to the lakes. And, you know, those kind of things are all very valid reasons. There's a lot of intersectionality that connects here for a lot of different class interests.
0: Don, you're just about to hop about the chair. You got to say something.
2: Yeah, Uh there. Nick mentioned it. This isn't free, this lake. They're proposing a project that they put a price tag on of $153 million. That's their price tag. Without it, They just adjusted an old figure from the old design that they said was fundamentally flawed. They adjusted that for inflation and came up with $153 million. but it doesn't include things that they had to add in, like full rip of the entire shoreline like building two in-lake dams to try to trap out the phosphorus. They didn't appear to me to add those costs, so we don't really know how much it's gonna cost. They didn't add in costs, they have to dredge it more frequently. They didn't add that in, and that's gonna, CWLP is fond of telling people, oh, we have the cheapest water bills in the state. It's true, they do. That's because they've deferred maintenance on everything. They've refused to dredge Lake Springfield. It's lost 20% of its capacity, filled up with phosphorus-laden mud that's causing these taste and odor problems. It's not an option. It has to be dredged. If we don't dredge it, there could be a toxic algal bloom, and then you have no water, and then they have no plan. So we have to dredge it. Our water is cheap because they refuse to dredge it, because they have no plan to replace water mains that are at the end of their useful life. 250 miles of water mains that are 70 plus, 80 plus years old, and they're leaking. 17% of the water is unaccounted for. It's leaking out of those old water mains. And they won't, they've got no plan to fix that. So all these costs are gonna be on your water bill. Those are things that have to get fixed. Before you add in the cost of hunter legs. So this is too expensive for most people.
0: I'll paraphrase because the cost seems too damn high. Lay of the land. Trent Nelson here with Nick Dodson, Don Hanrahan of the Sierra Club. Super duper thrilled to have you on this morning. Thank you both for coming down and giving us some information. We'll have you back soon. We can't get enough, but you're busy. Thank you guys so much.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: Absolutely. Lady Land Trent Nelson, have a wonderful day.